It's not too late to check out the turkeys over on Meyer Hatchery's website. Broad-breasted turkeys have a shipping minimum of three through the rest of the hatching season. Heritage turkeys have a minimum of 20 and can ship with select broad-breasted turkeys. While your turkeys may not quite be ready for Thanksgiving, I can assure you that you won't regret adding some to your flock today. Go to MeyerHatchery.com and use code DRINKANDFARM to get $5 off your online order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you got in that really pretty mug over there? Mm. I like it. It is coffee, so nothing too exciting. But I do really love this mug. And I have regrets. I didn't bring the lid in here with me. So this is from a local potter. It's Beers Run Mud. They're in Chillicothe. There was like an art walk that happened last weekend. And so I went to it and bought some pottery and a couple of other things. And I saw this mug and I just felt like I had to have it. But it has like a plastic to go like lid that pops over it. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, now I can use one of my nice mugs to go to the barn without spilling coffee on me. Cause I don't know what it is. I can't walk with a beverage that's full to the top. It just like splashes out on me every single time. It must be something about my gait. So I <laughs> so I put that little plastic mug on it and then I can drink coffee while I'm milking, which makes me happy. And drink coffee out of like, I don't know, something that feels special. <laughs> I, I feel like that coffee mug with the lid is the equivalent of like a dress having pockets. Mm-hmm. It's just exciting. Yeah, it is. It's super exciting. <laughs> so what are you drinking today? I am drinking the hot version of what I had at the last episode. So it's hot decaf coffee with Rice Krispies creamer and whole milk. So that is good hot or cold. I just felt like we had a really rainy day, kind of crappy week this week. Next week, it's going to be hot as balls. We're getting into hot as balls season. So I wanted something comforting and soothing while we recorded today because it's going to be iced coffee all the time starting next week, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan, and she is at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. So cheers, Lenny. Cheers. All right. So in today's dive bar, we're going to dive into that hot as balls weather, the sweaty, sweaty hot as balls weather. Uh, I give you some tips for gardening in extreme heat. The week that this drops, we'll be experiencing some warmer than usual temperatures, maybe, depending on if the pattern kind of carries through. So we might be in the 80s or mid-80s during the day, which feels pretty hot for mid-May. But I definitely remember it kind of doing this a couple years ago. And then like the first couple weeks of June, like it was cooler. It was so odd. But it happens. So it's never too early to start thinking through how you're going to garden in this kind of weather safely. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's, it's tricky because if you're used to the heat, then it might sound kind of like, oh, well, like, why do I need tips for working in the heat? Because like, I'm used to it. But 
what happens when we have these extreme, you know, like ups and downs is you forget like how it really affects your body and how dangerous it can be. We had an 80 degree day a week or two ago when we reset our stones outside and I was sitting in the chair. I kept taking breaks in the shade and sitting down while we were like leveling them. And I was like, I don't know how I used to live in Phoenix because I am (laughs) dying and it is 80 and sunny, but I mean, it's humid here. So it's just like a totally different animal. And also I think that as you age and as things change, like, you know, things just affect you differently. You get used to different things. <laughs> right. And and you've been in Ohio for a couple of years now. You're probably have adapted to Ohio weather, not Phoenix dry heat. Yeah. I've, it's been five years now this summer. Yeah. Yeah. So your body did the really cool thing that it can do and it adapted. But unfortunately, that means that you're going to be more miserable than before. <laughs> Right. It's true. I was thanks, Spotty. <laughs> I was like, why can't I be 70 here all summer? Not happening. Not happening. <laughs> yes. No, same thing with me. I got super sunburned, which apparently when you're pregnant, you get sunburned faster. That's a, a thing that I've found out through my own personal experience and from doing some reading. I mean, I already burned easy to begin with. So between that and just not being used to it because it came on so fast compared to this past weekend where it was in the 60s and so much easier to be outside and doing stuff like was like this episode is timely and it's a good reminder for everyone so yeah we'll just dive right into a couple of sensible tips to keep in mind when your weather starts getting a little hot yep and you can use these tips for gardening or farm work or whatever you're doing outside but we're theming it to gardening because we're even drinking <laughs> drinking outside yeah yes (laughs) so the first step is that it's a really good idea to try to do your heaviest work such as weeding early in the morning or as early in the day as possible or in the evening and this is actually really good for both you and your plants it doesn't mention watering here but watering your plants in the morning is a really good idea too because it gives it all day to like soak it up and then you can avoid some like rot or disease issues that way. So that's another bonus for your plants. And salad greens and things like that last longer when you harvest them during cooler temperatures than when you harvest them during the hottest part of the day. So when you really think about it, you're doing yourself and your garden a favor when you follow this tip. Yes. Tomatoes are the oddballs there. They like to be harvested when it's super hot outside. But hopefully that's a quick activity if you want to follow that rule. You don't have to. But the article suggests to take a cue from South American and Mediterranean countries where the siesta time is from 11 to 2. So that typically is the hottest time of the day where the sun is the most aggressive. But you can totally still get sunburned and have heat exhaustion outside of that window too. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And when it's your siesta time, you can do things like hang out in your hammock. Hopefully you have one. I'm a hammock lover. I do not. I'm terrified of hammocks. 
I feel like I'm going to get trapped and flip over. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Well, if you don't have a hammock, then maybe you can sit on your front porch swing. If you've got one of those, I've got two. Or you can create yourself a little outdoor summer Higa corner, which I have one of those two now. (laughs) (laughs) I really love relaxing areas, even though I was just telling Sam I'm really bad at relaxing. Maybe that's why I have so many relaxing areas. To like encourage yourself to sit down. Yep. (laughs) Make sure that it's shaped so that you can stay cooler. Maybe a place where you can get a little bit of breeze would help also. But you can use this time to kind of listen to the birds, watch the butterflies, just enjoy the smells outside. Because here's the truth, the weeds are still going to be waiting for you when the day cools off. And so will all of the other work. So might as well take that as a cue to give yourself a break rather than burn yourself out. Yes. Or pivot to some inside chores if you just got to keep moving. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is that it's okay to slow down and pace yourself. Take lots of breaks. It's okay if you can't get as much done during a hot muggy day as a cooler day because it's not worth pushing yourself. That work's still going to be there. Yes, you got to stay on top of certain things. But I think that's where the trade-off is, is the things that can't wait, just try to knock them out first thing in the morning if you can. For that tip, one of the things that I do for myself is because I I like to just keep a running tally of things that need to get done everywhere, which can feel really overwhelming. And sometimes you don't really know where to start. But when I'm getting ready to get going for the day, I look at it and I'm like, what's the one thing that if I do it on this list, it's bringing me towards whatever it is that I'm currently working on in that season? So like this time of year, the one thing I could do right now is finish rolling out my weed cloth because until I finish rolling out my weed cloth, nothing else can go in. So that's the one thing that I need to wake up and focus on, not, you know, trimming goat hooves or planting flowers in my hanging baskets or like those are all things that need to get done too and are important and I want to get done eventually. But that's not the thing that's going to take me to my goals that I have set for myself. Like, what are the critical path items to complete your project? More project management. Yeah, it's a critical path item. Yeah. And and it can be hard to suss out what those are. So that's why I was just asked myself that question. It's a simple question. Like, what's the one thing? If I do it, I can do other things that I want to get around to or that feed into my goals. And so, yeah, that's a good way to pace yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, this feels like a no brainer, but it's just something to remember. Keep hydrated. So the article suggests that you don't drink alcohol while you're gardening. Mm. We here at Drink and Farm are going to probably disagree with that. (laughs) Um, So we encourage you to drink both water and alcohol (laughs) if you're going to drink alcohol. Obviously, you don't have to, but you can definitely make sure that you at least have a water bottle outside that you're taking small sips from. You don't want to get waterlogged and like drink too much water because that's not a fun feeling if you're like sloshing around in your belly. But take small sips frequently. And if you're feeling dehydrated, you can always consider a sports beverage, which will place salt back into your body that you're sweating out. And if you're like, ugh, that's a lot of sugar or that's a lot of artificial sweetener, liquid IV or similar products are also an option, tend to be lower in sugar than sports drinks. That's usually what I opt for if I'm feeling a little 
funky. And no, they're not a sponsor. I just really like them. Yeah. <laughs> but we will put links in the show notes to both our new water bottles because we have some new styles of water bottles, uh, which are super cool. They're double walled stainless steel easy to clean. They keep everything cold and they fit in your freaking cup holder. Like, yes. So if you have to mow the lawn. Yeah. I used mine last week when I was working in my garden and I loved that it just fit in the cup holder. Cause usually I just have to throw it on the floor of the mule and it fit in the cup <laughs> holder. Yes. And we'll have a link to liquid IV also. Cause that's actually what I prefer because then I don't have to have big bottles of sports drink lying around, but I have something to replenish myself when I've overdone it or sweat everything out because it's important to keep all those balances in check. And if you do decide to drink alcohol on a hot day outside while you're working, my suggestion is to do every other. So if you make yourself a cocktail or have a light beer, then drink a whole bottle of water next and then you can have another one because the last thing you want to do is be intoxicated in the heat of the day. It makes it worse. Yeah. And then you also make poor decisions like about the rest of your care that you need when you're outdoors. And we're going to get into that next. (laughs) Yeah. So you want to remember to put sunscreen on. And if you're, you know, three sheets to the wind, that might not be top of mind to you unless you're a really responsible person when you're intoxicated. That does happen. So don't forget your sunscreen. A lot of sunscreens suggest you put them on 15 to 30 minutes before you go outdoors. And you have to reapply it every couple hours. I am a little picky about my sunscreens at this point in my life, especially now that I'm growing a human. So I'm using this year Sunbum Mineral Sunscreen, which is like it's a zinc oxide active ingredient. There were a lot of recalls last year on sunscreen for potential cancer-causing type chemicals. And obviously, they were recalled for a reason, so you wouldn't have access to them. But now I'm a little gun-shy about certain things like that, especially right now because you just don't know until like something like a recall happens. So I'm trying out the mineral sunscreen, and it's actually working really well. I was worried it would just like leave a white film all over, but the sun bum doesn't do that. So yeah, I highly recommend that one. And it wasn't sticky, which is another complaint of zinc oxide. Yeah, we'll put a link to that stuff in the show notes as well, because I actually I love Sunbum. I use their regular, I use Sunbum's regular sunscreen. I have it the, both the spray on and the lotion because I put, so the way that I do put my sunscreen on is I put the lotion on my chest my shoulders and the upper parts of my arms, because those are the parts that get, and the back of my neck, those are the parts that get the most intense sun. And then I use the spray for everything like tertiary. (laughs) That's funny. We put sunscreen on the same exact way and we didn't even know it. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And then my face, and I'll link to my face sunscreen also. Everybody's always like, what do you use on your face? It's the Neutrogena 110. That's what I put on my face because there's nothing worse than sunburning your face. It makes me miserable. And I don't wear a lot of makeup, obviously. So I'm not like super into how I look, but I do want to take good care of the skin on my face as best as possible. Plus sun cancer, like skin cancer. Uh, So that's why I always want to make sure that like the parts that are out the most, I get them covered. <laughs> yeah, because when you get a sunburn, you're it, like every time you get a sunburn, it opens you up to that type of mutation. So I try to be mindful of it. 
<laughs> yeah. I have a mineral some bum face stick that I use for my face. And I think that's 50. But the other thing that I'm going to do this year too, that is the next piece of advice in the article is wear a hat. Oh, yes. <laughs> that shades not only your face, but your ears and neck. So usually I would wear like a baseball cap, which does a pretty good job. But I bought myself a pretty goofy looking straw hat that I'm pretty excited about. I'll link to that in the show notes, too, because I actually got it from Amazon. It's from PacSun. <gasps> Maybe I'll order one because I've been looking for a garden hat, but I haven't found one that I like. Maybe it's not PacSun. It's a it's another surfer brand. Like Roxy? Yeah, I think it's Roxy. OK, yeah, because PacSun is a store. Yeah. Which, by the way, have you been, not to get too far off topic, but have you been into a PacSun lately? So I'm from, I'm from California, so obviously PacSun was like my jam. And I actually went to a mall. I haven't been to a mall in forever either. I went to a mall, like, I guess this was six months ago, so it wasn't that recent. But I went to a mall six months ago. I was like, oh, I used to love PacSun. Let me go see if there's anything for me in here. And I went in and I was like, nope, nothing, there's nothing here for me. <laughs> Are you feeling like that's because it's a little too young for you at this point? Or did they just like change what they sell? They changed what they sell a lot. Yeah, it's not all high-end surf brands anymore. Now it looks more like fast fashion type of like Forever 21 type of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, this isn't for me. Because I do like the more like better quality like skate and surf brand type of stuff, even though some of it probably is a little young for me. It's just what I prefer. <laughs> but who cares? If, especially when you're around the house, like who cares? I wear Victoria's Secret pink stuff all the time. And I'm probably like, this probably should have stayed at college, but it's comfortable and I'm at home. So who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we'll link to that hat in the show notes too. There's just going to be like a whole load of links to our stuff that we use. Yeah. Oh, the article also suggests that you could wear like light colored clothes to reflect sunshine. And as a person that wears a lot of black, I'm really bad at this. Oh, Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but they also mentioned tying a wet bandana around your neck or draping a wet cotton dish towel over your neck. And if you do that, that's cool. Just make sure it's not impacting your sunscreen. Take it off. And they say they kind of insinuate that fancy cooling towels are a bit of a ripoff, which I have never used one. So I don't know how I feel about that. But there are actually consumer reports testing just ordinary kitchen towels, the smooth kind, not terry cloth. And found that they only varied by about two degrees. Oh, well, gosh. Yeah, so just use a kitchen towel or a bandana. And they say you can throw them in the fridge or freezer for a while, too. Yeah. And something else you can do is you can buy the UPF clothing. There's a ton of brands out there that have it, so I won't list them all. But if you look on like Duluth or places like that, they have clothes that are designed for gardening or like clothes that are designed for fishing would be good too. They're like light button ups. If you're from the desert, you're super familiar with these clothes because if you're going to be outside during the heat of the day, then you want to cover your skin instead of just relying on sunscreen. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Backup is important. <laughs> yeah, but it's really great for people who are really fair skinned and, you know, or maybe you don't want to mess with the sunscreen thing right now, or you're going to be out all day and you don't want to have to mess with reapplying it. Like a light, long sleeve with the sun protection will go a long way. Yeah. I also thought this was interesting too, because I didn't know this, but the article points out 
that as a rule of thumb, if you add the temperature and humidity figures together to understand how relentless the heat is, that's a good indicator for maybe if you should go inside or not. So if you add those things together and it's over 160, it might be time to head inside and take a break. Oh, good to know. So if it's 85 degrees and 75% humidity, like that's, that's hot. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So head inside or like if you have a pool, go get in it <laughs> with more sunscreen. <laughs> Maybe a pond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or your nice shaded spot on the porch. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't know this either, but heat-related deaths outnumber those from natural disasters like tornadoes, hurricanes, lightning, and earthquakes combined. So it's not a joke if you're starting to feel like garbage when you're outside. Yeah, heat stroke can really, or heat stress can really sneak up on you, either of them. And signs of heat stress include things like muscle cramps and fatigue, So that is your body telling you that it has had enough. So this is not a more pain, more gain type of situation. You need to, if you start feeling that way while you're working outside, you need to head to a shady, cool location and drink some water. And you can try a liquid IV or a sports drink if you feel like you need a little kick because sometimes you do just need a little energy kick. Because if you ignore those symptoms, then it will turn from heat stress to heat exhaustion, which can be an emergency. Yeah. It's kind of like the precursor to heat stroke. So the next step with heat exhaustion, you're going to start getting a headache, feeling nauseous or and or dizzy. So that's happening on top of the cramps and fatigue. You might start sweating a lot or feeling pale or flushed. Those are not good signs. Don't ignore those symptoms because step number three is heat stroke, which can be fatal. Yeah. You know that you might have heat stroke if you stop sweating, are vomiting, or have a body temperature of 104 or higher. That's pretty high. (laughs) Yeah, that is. That's pretty high. You also may have or may feel like your heartbeat is racing. And you if you wear a Fitbit, um, I've got one, or (laughs) your Apple Watch or whatever, you can see if your heart rate is going up really high. Or if you have shallow breathing, then you need to cool down immediately and seek medical help. One thing I always want to remind people of is if you call 911, They always show up and they don't charge you unless they need to put you in the ambulance and take you to the hospital. So if you're unsure, call them because they will advise you correctly. And if it's not like an immediate life-threatening emergency, you can be driven to the hospital in a car by someone else. But you still got that look over from the fire department and the EMT. And I, and I don't tell you that to overwhelm those services, but it's important to know that that is the case because I'm the type of person that is always afraid of putting other people out or being an inconvenience. <laughs> I know Sam's looking at me like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to heat stroke, I think it's okay to do that. <laughs> Even if you're like questioning where you're at and those steps, 
Yeah, and I know you live out in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like you can just dip into an urgent care or even an emergency room situation. So that is good to know that you can call and have them at least come out and check. Yep. And then get you there fast if you need to go somewhere to get help. Absolutely. Yeah, so call them if you need to. That's why they're there. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of those services are taxpayer-funded, so use them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I yeah, I, I don't know why I always feel like I need to remind people of that, but I, I it was something I didn't know as a young adult. So if you think that you might have heat stroke, you need to cool off in front of a fan or an AC, take a cool shower or a bath and drink water until help arrives. And it might feel like you should just jump into the coldest shower possible, but you should actually try to cool down gradually. Don't shock your system by pouring ice cold water on your head because you could go into shock. (laughs) So don't do that. But untreated heat stroke can lead to unconsciousness and can damage your heart, kidneys, brain, and muscles. Yeah. So it's not something to mess around with. We want you to stay safe this summer in the heat because it's kind of looking like it's going to be a little bit of a warmer one. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but the indications I've gotten so far is that here it's going to be at least. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited to be in my third trimester and frying. I I had a baby in August in the middle of the desert, so I feel, yeah, it was... It was hot. Yeah. We got a bigger pool this year. We were able to get one. They've been still flying off the shelves or you see people buying them and then price gouging on Facebook Marketplace like crazy. That was really bad during the pandemic. But this year we were able to get a bigger one so I can be large and float in my pool. (laughs) I love it. I think it's perfect with a mocktail with some mint in it. Yeah. There we go. I like the way you think. Yep. Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's it for our dive bar. But we do want to remind you that it's incredibly helpful if you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because that helps more people like you find our podcast. And don't forget to go to the show notes. They'll be at drinkandfarm.com slash dive bar. What number are we on? 17. 17. (laughs) Slash dive bar 17. That'll take you straight to the show notes for this episode, which will have links to our new water bottles, liquid IVs, all of the different sunscreen options (laughs) that we talked about because we're obsessed with sunscreen, apparently. Hats, cute hats, (laughs) and anything else we can think of that will be helpful that you might be able to use. There could be a surprise in there. Who knows? Go check it out. Yeah. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. This episode is sponsored in part by Grubbly Farms. Grubbly Farms is now the official poultry feed and snack sponsor of the We Drink and We Farm Things podcast. Grubbly Farms provides healthy, high-quality snacks and feeds for your feathered friends. Grubbly Feed is free of fish, corn, and soy, and is made with non-GMO ingredients. Grubbly's snacks have 50 times more calcium than mealworms, promoting stronger eggshells and flashier feathers. So head on over to grubblyfarms.com and use code DRINKANDFARM25 to get 25% off your first order.